I am so excited to begin this podcast episode today because I have a guest coming on. Her name is Malia, and we actually connected through Instagram on my coaching page. I had emailed her or messaged her through Instagram because her page is all about Ayurveda, womb wisdom, and I just felt so aligned to her page on Instagram and I really wanted to find out more and I really wanted her to share her wisdom on my podcast. Now Malia has a bachelor's of exercise science with a concentration in health promotion and her passion has always been about exploring the intricacies of the human body And this passion eventually led her to India, where she obtained her 500 RYT and discovered one of the oldest healthcare systems in the world, Ayurveda. Ayurveda is the deepest construct to achieving overall vitality and well-being. Malia is a woman's Ayurvedic practitioner and Ayurvedic chef. And also, her purpose is to help guide others into the wisdom of their bodies, creating space for limitless transformation and healing. Now, some of the questions that we are going to dive into today. What exactly is Ayurveda and what are the benefits? How has Ayurveda changed your life? What are your own Ayurvedic practices and how have they aided in your own healing? How can we tap into our womb wisdom and what is the best way to hear the messages being channeled through us? Also, we also dive into how we can shift our perspectives from viewing our cycles in a more loving lens and many more. So this episode is such a juicy one, and I'm so excited to have her on the show. But before we get started, I want to share our sponsor for today's episode. It's a good one. Hello, gorgeous. Welcome to Blissfully Bloom. I'm Tori, your host, and this podcast was created to inspire women to transform their mindset blossom from within, and be unafraid to be their authentic selves. Get ready to grow, evolve, and bloom. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Blissfully Bloom, a podcast to inspire women to grow, evolve, and bloom. I want to welcome Malia to the podcast today. Welcome, Malia. Hello, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much. So glad to be here. It's an honor to have you here. I wanted to ask you one question that I normally ask a lot of my guests on the show here starting out, and it is, what made you the woman that you are today? (sighs) Wow, that's such a beautiful question. And I just started my moon bleed, so I may be a little emotional and with some of these questions. So I'll try to hold it together or maybe I'll just let it go. But, um, wow, the woman that made me who I am today, I feel that for me, as far back as I can remember, even when I was little, I always wanted to be my own leader and to kind of take charge and to do my own thing. 
And I remember my mom telling me, like when I was younger in the grocery store, I would just take off all the time. And she'd be worried and like panicking. And I would just be like in my own world and like just had like no care in the world. If I wanted to go to a place, I would go there. And so I feel like having that be like who I was when I was younger really kind of developed more so into who I am today because when I was going through a lot of my my health illness and disease, there was a lot of discernment that had to be taken within my own body and to be able to trust my own body and to like make these decisions not based on what the authority is saying, not based on what the doctor was saying, but really kind of take that um, that leadership into my own life and to be able to listen to my body in a way that I have never been taught to listen. And so being able to stick with that and to and to choose myself and I mean it's definitely such a roller coaster ride. I've not always been that person to like choose myself first, but for the most part, that's something that has really kind of developed within my life is just having that that like love for myself to like choose myself and to really tune into what my body needs and to kind of just go off and and allow my intuitive sense to to um to guide me. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. And thank you for sharing your story and um can you tell me a little bit about you said that you felt ill at some point in your life can you tell me a little bit about that yeah so when I was I was just graduating college so I was about 22 years old um, I had also just gotten off birth control I definitely was not the most responsible with birth control and so I just cut that out completely and then after I, I graduated college I ended up just not having a menstrual cycle and so that continued on for about four years, and I saw a lot of specialists and doctors, and the only thing they could tell me was that I had what was called amenorrhea, which is just a lack of menstrual cycle within a woman of reproductive age. But it didn't quite, like, no doctor could tell me why this was happening or what was going on. And so it was a total of about seven or eight years that I was um, confronted with this part of myself and and what was going on in my body and it was really traumatic because I seemingly took really good care of my health I would work out I would eat the right foods I would do the right things but yet there was something inside of me and and more specifically like my womb that was screaming for my attention because she just wasn't bleeding and so this was definitely something that really just shook me and traumatized me for a large portion of my life. I'm sorry that you went through that. And yeah. um, what what do you think that your womb was trying to tell you during that time? I, I feel like a lot. So I don't know where to begin with this, but um, <sighs> let's see. How does it begin? Well, first off... When I was growing up, there was a lot of trauma within my family paradigm where it came to my woman's wisdom and to be able to trust my uterus and to trust the language that she was speaking to me. And so growing up, I just was taught that, you know, you kind of have to shut down your emotions, shut down your feelings, shut down this intuitive sense. 
and it was a lot of also not trusting the masculine either and so there was all this kind of going on and I just went through a large majority of my life just ignoring her and not really taking the time to to connect with her I mean I was going all the time I was pushing my body and and in the west we kind of quote unquote see like health as this like constant going working out biking running jogging when in reality especially for women it's that slowing down and that nourishing is where the the womb really thrives and I wasn't giving myself that and it was not until I went through this problem of like not having a menstrual bleed that I was able to hear my uterus being like okay something is not working and it forced me to really slow down and just to take that time and and really connect with her because yeah I was seemingly doing all the right things but of course there was something that was disconnected between my body and my womb wow wow and I feel like a little download just came through whenever you were saying how the world the western world specifically tends to emphasize working out and weightlifting and running and going hard and strong that is more like the masculine side of ourselves whereas I mean I feel like would you say that the feminine would be more slowing down exercising like what type of feminine exercises are there yeah so it's so funny and it's I don't even really label like quote-unquote feminine exercises maybe yoga but I think the the biggest thing with being in the feminine is more so being in the flow because when we look at masculine masculine is all about time it's very linear it creates structure it's like if I'm running I'm getting from point a to point b and I'm doing this workout whereas the feminine there's not so much of an exercise regime to like being more in the feminine but it's more so quieting the mind and allowing your body to actually do the movements for you so it could be something like just laying on the floor and barely moving your pelvis and your hips and just grunting or just moaning and things of that sorts to allow yourself or for that feminine to speak through your body because she's very subtle she's very quiet she's very soft so it doesn't take much but it takes a lot at the same time to be able to tune into her her quietness and her her grace so it's more so like being able to slow down and just if you need to just lay on the floor and just slowly move your body or maybe you're dancing I think dancing is definitely one of the best ways to be able to tap into that to that feminine energetics and that feminine flow I actually just got into an embodiment practice this year and I was like where has this been all my life like it was just amazing I feel definitely more connected and in tune with myself whenever I do just not have so much structure and growing up I went to dance school and dance classes and there was always just so much structure okay you got to move your arms here and there and then twist your legs around all of that and for this you can just kind of you know shake your body if needed kind of feel into what your body where it wants to move and where it wants to lead you. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot with the feminine too that I feel is definitely working into those lower three chakras. 
and it's a lot of like the womb energy and that root chakra energy as well and so yeah it's definitely something that i feel can be more primal as well and to, like you said to like shake your body when you need to because it's again the feminine is not rigid it's very it's it flows it moves it expands it is able to permeate throughout your entire body so being able to align with that and to be able to do what your body needs without thinking too much about it is how you can really tap into that that feminine movement and those energetics oh yeah and I feel like we don't have to think about it in such a complex way too. like just really simplify it and Mm. just listen and I guess would you say that it's better to listen and wait to respond or I, it it kind of depends. If you're wanting to get into an embodiment practice, I, I don't even wait until my mind connects with my body. I just allow my body to lead me and just kind of leave the mind on the back burner. And just like, if you're trying to get into that, like that feminine flow to just be able to go right into the body, which is really hard because we're not used to having to like go right into the body. And even like circumstances where you're, something happens that, at work that's really stressful or in traffic and we kind of have to we have to like contain that anger we're not like socially allowed to express it outward so you kind of just hold on to that and so we've gone through our whole life not being able or not being taught how to listen to our body if our body needs to shake off that anger just allow yourself to do so and and that's the beautiful thing about the feminine is that it gives you that gateway to be able to move your body in the way that it wants to move and to be able to, yeah, to ground and to shake and to moan and to do whatever it needs to, to be able to tap into that. And it's so, so healing. When I started doing embodiment work, I would be like in such a weird mindset and feeling like just so off in my body. And the second I just, I will go into my room and shut the door and I'll just like, just like grunt and hit the floor because that's what my feminine is wanting and I just allow her to do it and then I just feel like oh wow this is exactly what I needed and so yeah it's such a powerful thing I mean for men and women it's so powerful that we tap into to that way that energy yes and it just that is just freedom in itself I feel like when you just allow and surrender to it all Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. And so today for our talk, we're going to dive into Ayurveda today. And so could you tell me a little bit about Ayurveda and for those who may not have heard it, what exactly it is and what are its benefits? Yeah, so Ayurveda, for those of you who have not heard of it before, it's actually um, an medicine that derived from India about 5,000 years ago. So it's a pretty old medicine. And some even argue that Chinese medicine, parts of Chinese medicine was actually derived from Ayurveda. And so the best way to describe Ayurveda is that we are part of the earth. So we are the microcosm living in the macrocosm and we are part of it all. And so everything that's outside of us is everything that's within us as well. So in Ayurveda, it, we have the five elements, which are known as the Panchamahabhutas, and we have air, water, fire, earth, and ether. 
And within those elements that are on the outside of us, those are also flowing energetically within us. And so what Ayurveda looks at is to see what these elements um, are most prevalent in your body and what's out of balance. So for example, let's say the element fire. So if there's too much fire in the body, that can express itself as inflammation or excess heat, of course. If there's excess ether or air, that can show itself as like gas and bloating. So it actually goes through all of these elements and correlates them to both mental and biological structures within. And so what Ayurveda does is it looks at these imbalances that are happening in the body and then it brings in its opposing qualities so for example if you have too much fire in the body we want to bring in something that's going to be cooling to help balance out that fire so we want to bring in like cooling foods like cucumber and cilantro zucchinis or we want to practice cooling exercises like going for a swim really amazing about ayurveda is that it seems like a little bit intimidating at first but once you start to study it it's it's what our body already knows so like if we're going outside and it's zero degrees out we're not just gonna go outside with shorts and a tank top our body is constantly putting us in homeostasis we're like okay wait i'm cold let me put on a coat or let me sip on warm tea so all of this is happening so it's you know it's something that our body intuitively knows but Ayurveda is a great way to just bring that awareness back into our own innate wisdom that's always been there. Wow, that's just like mind-blowing to me. And every every time that I've read about it, and I feel like different people who have explained it, they explained it in their own different ways, you know, in their own perspective mm-hmm. on it. And your explanation just really just like stuck with me. I really, really love that explanation. So thank you for that. Have you ever heard of Sahara Rose before by any chance? Yes, I have. I actually um, heard of her from one of her podcasts. I think I like stumbled across her on Spotify. And then I found her Instagram page. I was like, oh, she's like a Ayurvedic goddess. I love it. So yeah, yeah, she's wonderful. So your story actually reminds me of her story a little bit too, because I read her book and she kind of talks about her journey towards Ayurveda. And um, so yeah, definitely I see some similarities between the two of you. And I also just was introduced to Ayurveda through her books and podcasts as well. So I was curious to see if you knew her and um, knew of her at least. So the next question that I have for you is, how has Ayurveda changed your life? Wow. So Ayurveda completely changed my life. So when I talked about a little bit in the beginning with my health issues, so yeah, I had amenorrhea. It was about seven years total that I was going through it. And Ayurveda was definitely one of those key components along with some like womb energetics I was working with that ended up healing this disease fully. So kind of taking a step backwards, what was happening when I was going through this part of my life is when I was seeing doctors and um, women's health specialists, the only thing that they were recommending for me was to get on birth control. And there was just something intuitively, and again, it's like that, my inner child being like stubborn and be like, no, I I do my own thing. And, And that definitely came up there. It was like, 
wow, this does not feel right. And I was really blown away. And I also felt rejected in a sense and just confused because something that's so important as women's health, how have I seen so many doctors and then not have any idea what's going on in my body? And it was just definitely one of the most life-transforming things that I've ever had to go through because it was just so eye-opening to our Western medicine world. And not to say that they don't have any prevalence because they definitely have their place and they're incredible in what they do and provide, but there's also this sense of, okay, women's health, like this, like the world, our future depends on women's health. Because if we don't have an understanding of women's health, there's no procreation. And so all of this was going through my head of like, how, how does no one know what's going on? And I was getting so frustrated. And, and so they kept telling me, I just need to have a menstrual bleed. Because I was looking at um, either getting endometrial cancer. They said my risk for that was super high. They said osteoporosis because I didn't wasn't having enough estrogen in my body. So all of these things. And like we just want to focus on right now. And right now you need to have a menstrual bleed. And so it was at that moment where I really had to use discernment within my body and the quote-unquote authority of the doctor and the nurse and and hearing this constantly. And so what ended up happening because of my stubbornness, but I, I just ended up shutting down completely. And I was like, I can't deal with this because it, it literally became obsessive. Every time I like went to the bathroom and I wiped and I would always look to see if I was bleeding. And it, it was happening four or five, however many times I was going to the bathroom a day. And I was like, wow, this is getting too much. I just, I can't deal with this. And so I ended up booking a ticket to Southeast Asia and like, quote unquote, like running away from my problems, which I don't recommend at all. Somehow this ended up like all kind of coming together. But I was like, I can't deal with this. I just gotta, I gotta get away. I just can't. And I was getting a lot of pressure from my parents at the time, who I love. And they were, you know, they were coming from their own discernment as well and their own background too. But I just was like, I have to just be by myself. I just have to go. And so I ended up, I was overseas for probably about a year or so, maybe maybe close to two years. And um, my last stop was actually India. So I ended up booking a one-way ticket to India. And I was there for probably about six months. And I was exploring the north of India, Himachal Pradesh. And it was so beautiful up there. And and so the last day that I was in India, I stumbled across this like tiny little store, tiny little shop. I don't even, I wouldn't even call it a shop. It was literally just a room in a building. It was so odd. And it just said Ayurveda on it. And I was like, what is this? What is Ayurveda? And I'm sure I butchered the name too. I was like, I have no idea what this is. <gasps> and so I walk in and there's this man and he was sitting at a desk and... I just sit down and he asked me a few questions and I just started crying. I like couldn't contain it and I was just, everything was coming out and I talked about like not having a menstrual cycle and so he was just right, taking notes and he ended up prescribing these herbs for me. So I ended up flying home the next day and I decided to take the herbs about two days later and within one hour I started my period and that was the yeah, and that was the first time in, I think at that point it was probably about like five years, I think. So it was kind of like that halfway point. 
and I was like on the toilet I was like why do I feel this way and I looked down and there's like blood in the toilet and I literally just like my whole body was shaking I just I, I couldn't believe it and I just didn't even know what to think but one thing that like came into my vision was like oh my god this is it like this is what I want to do I want to heal women so it kind of branched off into this whole other thing but in that moment I was like everything just became clear and I was like I need to know what this medicine is wow that is just literally so amazing thank you for sharing that that's just that's amazing um so because I know that when we bleed we have I guess our intuitive abilities are more pronounced. So did you feel a difference in that? Yeah, so what ended up happening after I started my cycle, I actually didn't end up getting another one for probably about two years, which was the reason why I went back to India, which is a whole nother story. But yeah, what kept kind of coming up was that there was more work to be done than just Ayurveda and just this medicine. And there was more kind of really going into my body and being like, okay, what's really going on here? Because when I was going through my whole experience, I questioned a lot even about being feminine. I didn't feel feminine. And I'm like, okay, I have this feminine body and I have, you know, and and not to say that feminine quote unquote body is what makes you feminine, but I, I questioned everything. And I was like, am I less of a woman because I can't conceive and because I'm not having a cycle? And so there was just so much that needed to be done there in order for me to to feel like, okay, I think I may be able to bring my cycle back. But it was a lot of not just the Ayurveda, but a lot of the energetics behind it too, to like be able to, like I kind of mentioned in the beginning, to slow down and to be like, okay, what's really going on here? And to also tune in to my uterus and my womb and what really breaks my heart is that I I know I'm not the only woman who feels this way that we don't ever give attention to that part of our bodies we don't ever take the time to be place our hands on our womb and be like hi how are you like I love you it's it's there's so much shame that goes on in there and and it even has to do with like the men arc of like having your first menstrual bleed was that traumatizing for you how was that did you have that support did you know what was going on and so all of this kind of dominoed into okay and for me personally it was a complete shutdown and a complete I'm not going to do anything like until you listen to me and for me I think my view on my womb has changed over the years and I feel like I have gotten more loving to it but beforehand I kind of hated it in a way because Mm -hmm. I saw it only as a source of pain and not as a source of creativity or or love for that matter and because my cycles were so painful that I literally couldn't even go wake up the next day and get stuff done go to work like I or go to school for that matter. And so what I recently did, which really helped the pain, was stop using tampons. Mm, yep. And yep, I have just let it flow. It's helped a lot. I feel like it has just made my period a little bit more normal because beforehand I was 
basically heavy flow for like four to five days and I would continue on for more than the seven days then you probably should be on it and mm. all right so let's dive into the next question that I have is what are your own Ayurvedic practices that you do on a daily basis yeah so there's quite a few now um the main things would definitely be tongue scraping. I'm not sure if anyone has heard of tongue scraping, but this is a great, great way to help uh, eliminate toxins from the body because what ends up happening is the what's called ama or toxins in the body, they show up on your tongue uh, first thing in the morning. So to be able to scrape that off helps remove the toxins as well as it stimulates the internal organs and it boosts your metabolism too. So doing that first thing in the morning on an empty stomach is one of the best things you can actually do for your internal organs, especially your gut. So that's one thing that I have always stuck with that I love and I'm sure the tongue scrapers out there can definitely vouch for it. It's definitely a life-changing practice. And then my other one, it's, it's a pretty simple. I would say like waking up and drinking uh, warm water with lemon. So what's really important in Ayurveda and what's really cool because now we're starting to recognize this in the West is digestion is everything. Our gut health is everything. And now like the West is like starting to like jump on board of like, oh wait, gut health is actually a thing. And even 95% of your serotonin is actually released from your gut. So, yeah, so your gut plays a huge role in not only your physical body, but like your emotional health as well. So being able to just do those two couple things in the morning of being able to stimulate your digestion is going to be so beneficial on your health, long-term health. I will definitely have to give those a try. Thank you for sharing those. Yeah, of course. (laughs) And then I also have... So how exactly can we as women tap into our womb wisdom and what is the best way to hear her messages? Yes, I love that. So the best way to tap into womb wisdom is kind of what we brushed up in the beginning is taking that time for yourself to really, really tap into your body because your womb is an outward expression of your body and anything that you're holding on to energetically is also getting stuck in your womb and and women especially that's like that center that we really work through and work towards is that that womb energetic and be able to to open that up in order to make decisions that are going to be good for us and to be able to move throughout the world with confidence and with love it's all based on our womb health and the womb energetics and so yeah just being able to slow down and to just move your body slowly and also I mean it definitely changes throughout the month so usually around like the ovulation phase or the follicular phase and for those of you who don't know what ovulation is that's usually the midpoint of your cycle and that's when both your estrogen and progesterone are peaking and at the high so that's when you have a tendency to have that more energy so taking time for yourself to like jump around and dance and like just like shake your ass do whatever you need to to like get into that like feminine energy then do that and then towards like the end of your cycle more so 
in your luteal and your menstrual phase, the hormones start to dip. So taking that time, you'll, you'll I mean, you, once you start playing with this, you'll really notice how your body shifts and to just move slower and to just allow yourself to be supported by the earth. So like laying down and placing your hands over your womb is, is a great way to work into womb energetics. Another thing too is being able to move emotions through the body. And that works a lot with, with womb energetics. And what I mean by that is, so what I like to do is I create this playlist and I go through a series of different songs. So I have a song that kind of brings out like this like wild energy, like anger, just like going at it, just all of the anger and sadness and rage kind of emotions. And then I also tie that into more of like, the slower songs, like the sadness, the the slowing down. And then after that, I, I put in songs that are going to be more upbeat and energetic. And so what I do is I just allow my body to flow through all of these phases. So with the anger, I will like have a pillow ready. I'll be on my bed. I'll have like my playlist on and I will just go in full lioness rage mode on my pillow just letting it all out you like to tie this into like the womb speaking through us of like okay she's ready to go she's in that lioness she's in that anger just go for it and just allow all of that rage to come up and then once i work through that rage i invite pleasure back into my body so how can we use sensuality in with this anger and that's really in that womb energy of like okay i'm feeling very sensual now with this this anger and invite like a pleasure practice with it and then I move down to the different emotions so then I have like that sadness and then I infuse it with pleasure and then I have the joy which is really easy like you're hyped up you're ready for it and then to infuse pleasure within each of these emotions and so that for me has personally been transforming that is just amazing after hearing that I feel I honestly feel like that's just a way for you to really get curious about your emotions and then create mm -hmm. your environment as well with the music, the type of music that you're playing and yeah, and have a way or just allow that space and time to really feel it out as well. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> and also I had this experience just a couple of days ago and I I'm pretty sure that was the day that I started my cycle and I was just typing up a lesson for a class and then all of a sudden I just got really, really, really sad and I just felt like a burst of emotions flood through me and I was like, I don't think I should be. I need to pause and so I literally just set the computer down and went in my room, had a little crying session and really just like held myself and it was just the most i want to say just just beautiful moment that i've had in a long time of really really stopping and really allowing myself to listen in that moment and and instead of just react or try to ignore and avoid what i was feeling just really respond in a way that is loving and is nurturing for yourself and so I'm really proud of myself for doing that and I highly recommend every woman to 
allow themselves to feel and express their emotions because it definitely is healing and nourishing and all of that. Yes, absolutely. And also one thing that I that I recommend too for women is just you can be driving in your car or at home watching TV or reading a book and just take a moment and just put your hand right on your pussy and just be like, okay, hi, hello, just say hi to her, just say, I love you, you're here. And just that act alone just brings beautiful awareness into the womb and into that space. And for a lot of women, it's unfortunate because we, we have experienced a lot of trauma there. And so it may feel really uncomfortable at first to bring that awareness. So like that and even like yoni gazing is something I highly recommend too. So like setting up a mirror and just gazing into your own yoni. And there's so many women that haven't even seen their own yoni, but they've had partners who have seen it and so, or seen her rather. And so being able to open yourself up to that and just meeting your pussy and your womb with love and without attaching any judgment to it is really going to allow yourself to tap into to womb healing essentially into yeah all of it it's such a beautiful practice to have i love that cuz i feel like for me i feel like i had a lot of shame towards it and i that's something that i've been working on for sure and i mean you can even say that you that you work on something but then it may show up again mm-hmm. and so it's just a constant oh there it is again there's that shame or there's that guilt and bringing yourself back to that to that loving awareness Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There's um, a book and it's actually just called Pussy and it's amazing. And I'm trying to remember, I, I'm completely drawing a blank on the author. Maybe it'll come to me later. But she even says like, make all your decisions from your pussy. Like if you're like figuring out like, do I want Thai food or do I want Indian food? Just place it like cup over your pussy and like ask her like, what does she want right now? Does she want Chinese food or does she want Indian food or Thai food? And and yeah, like she like brings that awareness all about it. Like she is like the determining voice of your decisions of like, okay, this is what she wants. I'm going to give it to her. And it and it's really fun to like just take that and be like, okay, I'm here with you. Like, what do you want to do? And, and it brings a lot more of like that light to the situation, especially if there are women who are dealing with a lot of trauma around their womb and around their pussy to just keep it more light and be like okay we don't need to go into the depths right now maybe you just ask her if she wants to wear a dress tonight or she wants to wear these like incredible jeans and like a cute tank top or something and so yeah just kind of like being light with it too in the beginning is totally totally good wow I love that and I also learned something too in my uh, coaching training that I went through for One Mind Academy, and the founder, she had made all these uh, lesson videos, and in one of them, she said that basically what you were saying, but the best time to make a decision is on the time of your bleed, because that's when your intuitive senses are heightened, and I was like, I never really thought about that. And now every single time that I'm on my cycle, I get excited because I'm like, oh my gosh, I know that all this wisdom is going to come through me 
and I can just really, it's going to be easier for me to really feel into it and tune in to those messages. A loving time and uh, I guess a time to really deepen your relationship with yourself for sure. Yes, absolutely. And I want like that's I feel like my ultimate goal is for women to connect with their wombs in such a way, especially during the bleed, especially when we have been taught that it's shameful or dirty or you don't want to talk about it or it's disgusting or it's smelly, you know, all of these things and just notice how much of a gift it is and how beautiful it is. And there, oh gosh, there was this beautiful quote that I heard where it was something along the lines of, my womb healer said it, and it was something like, men cannot bleed, which is why they created war. And it was something like that that really struck me of like, wow, we go through this rebirth every single month. And like, what a blessing it is to be able to go through such varying emotions and through birth and death and rebirth every single month it's just such a beautiful gift and to be able to like start anew and our and our bodies are doing that for us our bodies are giving us this cycle to be able to like expand on and and to heighten and then to let it go and to release and to get that gift every single month and And also the more that we bring awareness and more love into our monthly cycles, into our menstrual cycle rather, the more that the pain will start to dissipate. Because I, when I first got my cycle back, it was pretty painful cramps. And the more I just sat with her and I'm like, it's okay. I know you're hurting. It's okay. The more that the cramps actually started to dissipate because I was sitting with her and I was sitting with her bleed and I wasn't trying to, to you know, cover up or be like, no, I hate going through this. This is such an inconvenience, but sitting with her magic and being there with her in her magic of just letting go helped a lot with my menstrual symptoms. Wow. And that reminds me too of during the time when you first started your cycle, I don't know how old you were, but I was about 13 or 14. That belief around your cycle may have I guess it's been with you if you didn't release it or let it go. And so the view that you have around your cycle can be from that time period of that childlike version of yourself. And so I feel like you can, like, as you were saying, kind of rebirth and it's a time to really like let go. And we have that ability to change our perspective and our beliefs around different um, areas in our lives and same goes for our cycles too. Mm-hmm. And also just re- recognizing too that with the pain that we may be feeling through our menstrual cycles, there could, you know, there could be a lot of reasons, but also we're holding a lot of ancestral trauma in there as well. Because your ovaries are developed, I believe it's like three months into the womb. So let's say your grandmother is pregnant with your mother she is already developing the eggs about three months when she's in your grandmother's womb. So pretty much you are in your grandmother's womb. So there's ancestral lineage that is passing down within the second, third generation. 
And so you're, you know, you're working with all of that too. You're not only working with your own cycle, but you're working with your mother's trauma as well as your grandmother's because you're literally in your grandmother's womb. And so being able to heal yourself and to heal your relationship with your monthly bleed is also healing that ancestral trauma that might be there. Wow, that's so amazing and mind-blowing. I didn't even realize that. How can we begin to heal those past traumas? Yeah, so the best way to heal past traumas is, like we kind of talked earlier, is being able to work into the womb energetics because your your womb is carrying so much ancestral lineage so to be able to work a lot with your your menstrual flow and your menstrual bleed is going to really help with that ancestral lineage and with that ancestral trauma because you're you're consciously choosing to end the cycle here to end the cycle of pain and of rejection and all of that energetically shows up in your bleed every month so being able to bring that awareness in up to show your womb, hi, I love you, I'm here. And even in the moments where you have like the negative self-talk or perhaps things aren't going well with you and your partner and you experience a breakup or you do something really silly, you know, in any of those moments and all of those moments to come back and choose love and to choose yourself and to choose her and her being your womb and your pussy is what's gonna really help heal that ancestral trauma and to work with those emotions and to again and again come back to love and come back to being able to discover what's going on in your body and to come back to compassion always. I love that. So beautifully said. Thank you. So I would love to know where can listeners connect with you? Yeah, so... The best way to connect with me now is through my Instagram. It's at I am Malia and Malia is M-A-L-I-A. So that would be the best way. I do have a website. My business is called Wild Womb Ayurveda. So that's going to be a whole scope of practice. I'm hoping to to put together a cookbook for women's health and tying in like the um, Ayurvedic ideologies in with that as well as doing consults. Yeah, so I got this I got this whole thing going on, um, but that's still a work in progress and hopefully my website will be up soon. But for now, yeah, at I am Malia Eli. I think I missed that the first part. I am Malia Eli is my Instagram. That's so exciting. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, thank you. And my last question is kind of a signature question, something that I'll be asking at the end of every podcast show for um, the guests that come on, and it's, what does it mean to blissfully bloom? Oh, I love that. To blissfully bloom, to just come into your own, and to, you know, I feel like with everything that I've experienced in my life is to kind of quiet the mind and and just really allow yourself to listen to your body and allow yourself to listen to what she actually needs and what she actually wants and to to move with that to be able to flow through life with this loving compassion for yourself and this confidence for yourself because no one knows your body better than you do 
and and that's the best advice that I've ever been given and that I like to give is that you know your body choosing to listen to her and choosing to move forward with that wisdom that's already within you and to be able to to act on that and to have the confidence to move forward love that thank you so much for sharing your insight yeah on that question and i also wanted to let you know make sure that you know that i am so grateful to have you here on the show and and it's just been such a pleasure to have you here and hear all of your wisdom, your ideas, your thoughts around Ayurveda. It's been wonderful. So thank you for coming today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was wonderful. Thank you. Uh, I mean, what a podcast episode today. Her wisdom and her ideas just are so needed and I just felt such a healing vibe going on between our conversation and I hope that you felt it too. Now I would love if y'all go and connect with Malia on her Instagram page and be on the lookout for other offers that she is going to create and manifest into this world. As a reminder, my coaching page is at blissfully.bloom on Instagram, and I also have a YouTube channel that you can subscribe to, and make sure to also subscribe to this podcast because I don't want you to miss any episodes that I am going to publish in the near future. I always publish episodes around 4 p.m. on Friday. And I also wanted to mention that all of my creative outlets are named Blissfully Bloom. So you can find my YouTube by typing in Blissfully Bloom. Also stay tuned because I will be having another launch for my self-love program. Next week, I'm going to be starting to invite women to join the self-love community and the self-love journey together. And I plan on starting the next round by March 16th, around that time. So yeah, keep an eye out for all of my lives that I will be doing, for all of my stories on my Instagram, and talking about the transformation that is possible when you say yes to the self-love program. I will see y'all in the next episode. Bye! Thank y'all so much for listening. I am just so blessed and grateful for y'all's support. And if you haven't gotten the chance, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends and family. Also, check out my YouTube channel, Blissfully Bloom. It's all about self-growth, self-love, and self-healing. I will see y'all in the next episode. Bye!